conditions. Shark liver oil, known as squalene, provides buoyancy and helps the shark withstand the crushing pressure of deep water. It is the squalene that some vaccine manufacturers buy from lucrative wildlife body part markets that show no mercy for endangered animals. Tens of millions of sharks are killed yearly for fins, meat, cosmetics, and as much as three million for squalene. For man, that means money. For sharks, that means extinction. My name is Mahaya Soul, and this is a Small World Radio production. Time passed. Many romantic feelings were associated with radio broadcasting, as with aviation, with motoring across the far western United States. Fifty years ago, a young genius made a classic that could never be retold. Now, it must be told again. Uh, this is Peter Bergman on all mixed up. And I am all mixed up, but not so confused, not so habitually bewildered that I don't listen to WBAI when I come to town to Gotham. I love New York and I love BAI. You're tuned to High Five. Yo, this is G-Love on WBAI, New York, New York. Night shift again. 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 I'll be damn late. Now, where are my people? 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 
my people. about it and I have no idea <laughs> I have no idea I have no idea why I'm here. Hi I'm Billy D Williams for WBAI listener sponsored radio you're listening to Night Shift where life is like science fiction
There was a, a lot of light. That's all I remember. Our tunes are listener-sponsored radio, WBAI 99.5 FM in New York. And here is what we're going to talk about this evening. First, I have to welcome the guest that is actually in the studio here with me now. And you've actually never actually been in this studio before. Am I correct? Um, no, not to actually sit down and um, chit-chat, but to... You looked in the window. I looked in the window. I'm like, ooh, this looks nice. Yes, it was being built at the time. Well, yes. that, that was all pre-COVID. So. Oh, very much so. That's right. So you haven't been back since before the plague. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, before the end of the world. Before the end of the world. Part well, three. Before the end of the world, part three. Well, during the, the those plague times, 
you remember we did a show where it was, you know, you, myself, Sean, and we had a racio-linguist on. Do you remember this? How could I forget? You remember? Of course I do. We're following each other on Instagram. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. right. Well, I'm going to see now. We're actually bringing them in now. Uh, I'm going to ask them both to unmute themselves. And let's see if they actually come in here. Are you? Hold on a second here. Let's see. This is their intro music. That's pretty fancy. Yes, it is. All right. Can you, are you both here? Kelly Wright, are you here? Can you hear me? I don't know if she can hear me. I don't know if you, you, you know what? How does the Zoom work? Can they hear me through the Zoom? And you guys can't hear me. Can I hear them? Okay. Kelly, are you there? Sean, are you there? Sean, can you? I don't know if either of them can hear me. All right, let me let me try. Hmm. Let me try. So I was I was going to log into Zoom, but I'm like, let me not mess anything yeah, up. Yeah, no, let you know. And then Zoom has changed a lot. Of stuff. Okay, well, I have to uh, turn the volume. Hello. Down. Yes. Okay. Now, can you hear me? I guess they can't. Myself again. Hello. Uh, they're here. Can you guys hear? I'm going to mute us? myself again, then, Mike. Why? Why are you muting yourself? Okay. Well, all right. I guess they can't hear us. Um, why can't they hear us, Max? Uh, no, I, I, you know, I thought it would be here. What, what, what should I, what do I need to change to? Is there an input I need to change to? Uh, Hello. Unmute. Huh? All right. All yeah. Mute. Unmute. And then what? And then well, actually, no, that's not me. That that's not me there. That's me here. Okay. Can they hear me? Can you hear me, Kelly? Can you hear me? They don't hear me. So hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Kelly? She, I can hear you very clearly. I'm just telling you can hear me. Sean can hear me. Kelly, can you hear me? Kelly can't hear me. Hmm. All right. So you tell me, uh, Max, um, digital interface. Is that what it should be? Is there, how are you here? Where are you? Logged I, I'm logged in here also, ah, just so, well, so that they create an echo. You yeah, well, this, this, it is muted. It is muted. Okay. It is muted. That's not an issue. They should hear. They should be hearing. They can you. hear me if, here, but they can't. This is unmuted. They should hear. All right, Sean, unmute yourself. Can you hear me? You say you can. I can hear. I've heard you since the moment you said hello, Sean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kelly, you can't hear me. Do you hear Sean? Wow. Okay. You know what, Kelly? I'm going to have you call in then. Uh, open up the, all right, the open text up. chat. The okay. chat. Yeah. And then you can communicate well, through the chat. Okay, I'll communicate through the chat. Or I can also communicate. Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm going to communicate through the chat. Kelly can't hear us. Well, this is WBAI, and technical difficulties are just part of what it is. To and this is why it's important to donate. This is exactly, this is why it's important. To, we need to your pledge. She says, I don't know what's live and what's on the radio. Okay. Or what's on Memorex. This is all live. This is all live <laughs> this right is now. Live right she now. has the stream paused. Okay. She doesn't even know we're talking to us. <laughs> Hi, you can't hear us. I just chatted her. I don't think she can hear us. She can't. Mike, I can hear you from one screen live on Zoom, 
and I can hear you from a different screen live on the stream. Oh. The stream is on a delay. Oh, okay. All right. So then, okay, now I see. All right. So then you can pause the stream now, I guess, and now we can talk to you. All right. So you, you've heard me the whole time? No. Oh, but now you can. From one screen, I can hear you, but I have the stream paused, so I cannot hear Leanne. You can't. Well, Leanne's not talking. Leanne, can you talk now? You know what? That is a very rare sentence. Leanne is not talking. <laughs> I entered talking. I want to hear Leanne. I'm a Leanne super fan. Okay. <laughs> That's right. awesome. So now you hear Leanne now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear her now? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. that's awesome. All right, great. Now, Woo. now we can Mutual actually. Mutual super fandom. Yes, now we it can don't continue get no the better. show. And Sean, I hope. <laughs> oh, of course. Where, is she here too? Is Sean, Sean still is in the closet? Sean, is, 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 Sean may be in the closet. Sean, are you in the closet? I, I'm actually not in the closet. I'm in the kitchen now. I decided kitchen. to do this from the kitchen. We've she's moved on up. But she won't yeah. let us see her yet, so. Yeah, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Now I can welcome everybody. Now that, that you are tuned to Listen Sponsored Radio, WBAI 99.5 FM, this is Night Shift, and we have a very special show. We have Leanne Lord here in the studio. We have, can I call you Professor Kelly Wright? Can I yeah. call Yes, Professor Kelly Wright is here. She is a ratiolinguist. And just for those who don't understand what a ratiolinguist is, can you can you just explain that slightly for our, for our listening audience? Yeah, I essentially I study how the body interacts with language perception. Okay, that's 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 a very concise. Okay. Now, uh Sean Richards, can you can you let us know what you are? I am a multi-hyphenate queen. <laughs> Your Majesty. <laughs> so, uh, and Leanne Lord, for those who don't know, can can you tell us what you are? Um, hi, everybody. It's been a minute. Uh, this is Leanne Lord. I am a stand-up comedian, author, part-time podcaster, full-time cat mom. Okay, full time cat mom. That that's new. That's that's an added thing. So here here's the reason why I've gathered these delegates for this show because the the theme of the show is race and colloquialisms, and and this is how I see the three guests that I have. I say we have a racial linguist who, you know, you I, I can't say it better than you said, but all right, she understands. Her, the, you understand how she works with language. And as a comedian, I think we understand how you work with language. One must have a facility with words in order one to would, yes, do my craft. Have, one must have a facility with words. And then uh, Sean, who is a multi-hyphenate, one of those hyphenates in particular is interpreting words. Mm -hmm. and interpreting that, words and attaching emotions to them. and. Go interpreting yeah and giving my opinion on uh pop culture and mm -hmm. uh and and being and doing voiceovers so yeah it's words are all in my dna even when i don't want to say anything or interpret a word See? Well, well sometimes when we're not saying anything we we are still speaking very loudly yes well <laughs> especially, especially if your brows are done and you just <laughs> mm -hmm. shade and all of that yeah 
All right. So, so first, l- let me throw first to to uh, Professor Kelly Wright, uh, <laughs> just just to, to to open up. What is what would you say is the definition of a colloquialism? How would you define a colloquialism, and and how does that in any way uh, work into or, or work its way into the work you do? Okay. So I think. A colloquialism, I think people would d- define that as perhaps slang or or a word, a word that's not part of a word or a phrase that's not part of formal language or standard language or things that you wouldn't write in an essay. Um, the common tongue right? Colloquialisms, but, or you might say like the vernacular. Um, I think though, if you want to pull from like Wikipedia, you could, you could even say it's something more like figurative or, um, casual communication. Okay. Casual communication. All right. Okay. That's, that's, uh, and so colloquialisms, right. Are just the words we use every day. <laughs> okay. And, and, um, now how does that, how would you say, considering what you said you do is you, you, you study the impact, uh, on us, how, how would you frame colloquialisms or how does a colloquialisms work into what you do? So colloquialisms are, I guess, very, very much about what I do. So um, when you think about what actually makes it into the dictionary or what um, counts as standard or what becomes standardized or what is accepted in an essay, it's the smallest sliver of language. It's the the tippity top of of what um has been accepted over time so my work it especially with dictionaries involves building out that acceptedness of language so working back through time to include people who weren't old white dudes or (laughs) to be a little more specific not able-bodied, cisgendered, land-owning Christian people, (laughs) uh, right, who are doing all of the writing and the codifying um, to put their common casual language into dictionaries and reference books and then make it okay to put words like finna (laughs) in essays and dictionaries, which they now are. (laughs) That's, That's the sort of work I do. Well, uh, okay, that that is is very uh, that's it, very interesting and fascinating, and I want to ask you more about that uh, as we go through the evening. But now, let me just ask you, uh, Leanne, for you, um, using colloquialisms as a part of language and and cultural references and touchstones, how, how do you see colloquialisms working its way into what you do? You know, do you, is it you know whatever's in the lexicon at the time, whatever's in the vernacular, does that always have to be there or do you dissect it? What do you, what do you do with colloquialisms? Um, 
colloquialisms in your native language always sort of seep in. You know, they're just part of how we we speak to each other. But we also have to recognize that there are, and I, I like what she says, it, 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 in a short way we can say it's slang. Um, it's it's the casual communication. If you are a Game of Thrones fan, it's the it's the common speech versus the high speech. Or would that be Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we, we also have to be careful um, because colloquialisms can be national, they can be regional, they can be local, they can be familial um, and cultural. They can uh, connect you and then it can also ostracize you. Because if I'm using, you know, colloquial phrases that are very common for, say, you know, New York City, and I'm in the middle of the country or out of the country, um, people that hear that are going to raise an eyebrow. Whereas if I take a moment to to learn what they're saying, you know, like cola as opposed to soda, you know, or pop, these sound like minor things, but these are signals that I'm one of you or I'm aware of how you speak. And it can it can serve to put you in the in group or keep you in the out group. Not of the body. Not of the body. Yes. Uh, well, that's that's very interesting, and, and that reminds me. I think I mentioned it last time we did the show when I went to Canada and a, uh, on a pretty, well, no, well, the they, the guy asked me, you know, because I, I brought two male clients with me. That I, this is back when I used to do selling of printing and graphic design, and he was like, "Oh, hey, you want to take them to a peeler bar?" And I'm like, what's a peeler bar? Mm -hmm. And that's what they call a strip club. Yeah, you better Canada. ask these questions. I, like peeler bar. Yeah, right, don't don't they're... don't get crazy. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> exactly. you, when you don't Let's know, take... admit you don't know. Yeah, printing. And you're church. not getting shrimp there. Yeah, exactly. I would be so disappointed. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, where's the shrimp? <laughs> that's perfect. So, Sean, let me ask you now, uh, uh, specifically as an actress, and specifically as an actress of color. You know, how often do you encounter uh, scripts that are written by people that don't understand colloquialisms and Ugh. use them improperly? Oh, my God. Improperly. How much time do we have? How much time do we have? I mean, it's funny because you can get a script and you can tell. You have to make it your own. That's why everything's about making it your own. Mm -hmm. Because you can tell someone wrote this with no seasoning. Do you know what I mean? Like the seasoning was just salt and there was no lorries. There were there was no, no, no adobo, know, no, pepper, no, pepper. No, no, no adobo, no, no seasoning whatsoever. I mean, look at the issue that just happened with Lizzo and Beyonce, which I find to be quite interesting that they used words that were considered uh, uh, slurs in the UK. I had never heard that these were slurs in the UK and I have friends who are from the UK. So, you know, it, it's funny when certain people use words, you just, everybody can't use the slang in the same way. Mm. You know, you just can't. Um, I mean, I have, there's been times where I've gotten scripts and I, like I said, there was no seasoning involved in writing the script and it just sound ridiculous. You know, uh, I felt that the character was written pretty well, but that was thrown in just to appease somebody in the writer's room. I don't know who. 
And I chose not to say it because it just made no sense. Or I chose to throw a little bit, a little bit of, um, my, my diction was different when I used the word, if, that, if that's the only way I could describe it to you. So it sound, it sound more authentic to me as to someone else. Uh, yes, Leanne. Leanne raised her hand. Yes, Leanne. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, you brought, you made me think of something. I spent a little time watching, I guess we would call them black exploitation films. Uh, and one of the reasons why, well, they're classic, but they don't survive well are the colloquialisms, how people spoke in the seventies right now to my ear is cringeworthy. Which is you mean like jive turkey, or you uh, mean just everything? all of it? Just okay. all of it. The outfits. All, there was no, there were no barbers don't in the seventies. Get me going about seventies. <laughs> I watched. Black, there was something. No, jive listen. There was something on black characters. Okay. Yeah. No, there was something on. The, it was a clip because Nichelle Nichols. She. What film was she in? Oh, where she? Right. Oh she played yeah, she the was pimp? in with Truck Turner. Was it Truck? Oh Turner? my God! Yes. That. Movie. Yes. First of all, she was amazing in that movie, but the slang Ugh. was so cr- like. Right. Can I just tell you the was- only thing that's worse than seventies black exploitation slang, where the black exploitation movies were written by, let's just say, non-black folks, were the comic books. The way mm. Luke Cage. Oh, really? Oh, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. His favorite. Hey, his favorite. Oh, oh okay. no. He, he would say things like, sweet mother of Christmas. Oh, no. Come on. I Stop. swear to you. That is a quote. That is it a is quote. like the foil to actual Batman, right? Like, right. holy mother of crackers, Batman. Right. It's the it's the other side of that, right? Yeah, it's, well, yep. yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. And this is, linguists call this age grading, right? Mm. The reason why things that happened 30 years ago feel disgusting to us where we're like i cannot sit there i can't sit there i can't get where you were i don't understand that world because we weren't part of it we don't live there it's why when people who are 25 and 45 years older than folks who are using language now look at people and they say when you use the word literally to mean figuratively my head explodes and i think oh my god Pretty, right. Pretty. right or when people right or when people say um on purpose instead of or by accident instead of oh, on accident oh, on accident, um, on accident. It's, it's a whole thing that, that older folks can't get around it and they uh fail students out of their classes mm-hmm. or they fire them from their jobs because they think they're fully ignorant and it's it's the same th- it the, the same thing that we're experiencing right now when we look at these older films and we think they're totally cringe it's it's the same phenomenon it just right. has these different outcomes for people right well, um it's because as society changes the way we use language change changes too <laughs> uh right we we get older and our language and, and but but for people there's parts of your usage that never changes because your identity doesn't change right you you become who you are and parts of who you are stay that way <laughs> so, in, in other words like personal colloquialisms that you still use even though they're out of date idiolects are real so there there oh, are things wait, where wait, you're say, like say that one more time what is that word idiolects like you have an identity you have your own personal way of using language 
And that's the thing is like, of course you can grow. Like you were watching those movies when you were a kid and you thought they were super cool, but now <laughs> super, or maybe you didn't, right? <laughs> you, the collective you, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, we all, I, I, I loved the, you know, the goldfish and the big platform shoes, but maybe that was the only thing that I took out of that film, <laughs> right? Um, but it's like now I, um, you know, there's a lot of things that don't sit as well with us as they did when we were younger, mm -hmm. but there's, there's certainly language we can pick up. Like, um, I'm going to talk for too long, sorry, but there's pronouns, for example, we have all encountered people who are changing their gender but when we were younger that was perhaps not a thing we were allowed to do or encountered anyone who did uh, but boy now George, boy George. We're, we're trying to handle it or we've had someone in our lives whose name is totally different than it was when we first met them and it's been a thing that we've tried to be like i'm used to this now or it's a thing or i say my pronouns when i meet people that's been a shift for a lot of adult folks We've also I, encountered a lot of adult folks who are like, I'll never do that. I resist it entirely, <laughs> right? Um, it's a language change we've noticed in our lifetimes. Um, as society changes, the language changes too. And age grading is one of those things where we just, we notice there are like hard lines where folks are like, I'm never gonna use that word in that way. You young folks can do it. I'm not gonna do it. You know, <laughs> right. I, I was sitting here thinking, oh, I don't feel that way, but I do about the word bay. I'm, I'm from the boo generation. That's my boo. That's not my bae. That's ridiculous. That sounds ridiculous. So we, we, you can't finish the word Baywatch? What is happening? Um, so yeah, I guess I'm dating myself. But I feel like when I was coming up, when my parents came up, it was understood that there was colloquial speech and you spoke with your little friends one way, but then you interacted with the grown-ups in your life or the authority figures, you know, parents, teachers, employers. You used the king or queen, whoever was alive at that time, English. You used proper English. And it was understood that they, these were different ways of speaking. Um, I, I agree with you, um, the, the introduction of, of pronouns and all that, that Whoo, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling because <laughs> you, you, you said we should be used to this. You know, I, we have family members who change their names and, you know, the family responded the way I think most families responded back in the day. We just now ignored that person. Well, <laughs> completely. Can, can I say, can I say something too? Because, okay. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, um, like there's certain there's certain uh, colloquialisms that I love and I will I love Bay because it's you really know, before mm. before it, it you know what it means what what do you what do you think it means or what do you that that, I, that it's the new new way of saying boo. Okay, it's Bay versus Boo. Who will win? It no, but you know there's no competition. Bay is like before you know anybody else. So that's what we, that's what we, we, I, I'm in a, like a group of women of color on Facebook and we call ourselves, it's called Bay and Bay is before anybody else. So that, that's my thing with that. I know with out right now, what I laugh about is everybody uses the term respectfully when they're disrespectfully you. So do you hear that a lot? I mean, 
it's like you know they'll they'll say something no and like disrespect. respectfully no disrespect you know, but you oh yeah idiot. it's it's, it's yeah. hysterical it's like you know oh she just told her off respectfully if you if you're right. if you're being honest respectfully and that just means disrespect so I think this is just how it's going to be now. And maybe this is a form. I mean, someone was talking the other day about um, code switching, Uh right? And how really, you know, people are kind of done with code switching. Well, can I just say this about code switching, though? In in a way, (sighs) isn't that what Leanne said? You know, when you grew up, if you spoke with the colloquialisms, you don't do that around the grown folks. You do that with your friends. But you, you edit out the colloquialism. So right. it's that is code switching. Yeah, somebody came by and gave it in a phrase because we got to name everything. Right. So but what, <laughs> what, I, what I think is interesting about what, what Kelly was saying and then what you're, you're both saying is that, you know, you said there's age grading and you use this word that I love that I'm going to have to ask you to say again. But were you sort Idiolex? of... Idiolex, yeah, the idiolex. So I wrote you, that down. I probably yeah, spelled it wrong. Exactly. So the idiolex, where, where you decide then which colloquialisms you like and which colloquialisms, you know, are part of who you, they help define you. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sounds to me like that that's part of the, the, what you said, how language impacts us. Like, you know, Leanne's aversion to Bay and Sean's embracing of it. What, what's what's your thought there, Kelly? Well, okay. So I love I love that you both like feel differently about it, and also, yeah, this idea of code switching, like, like Leanne, what you were saying about how we, you know, how we used to use like different, or you have this idea that we used to use. Um, you know, some words with our little friends. <laughs> I love that you said that our little friends, I get like that um, phrase is something I heard from a lot of people that I interview in my work. Um, and so it's really interesting because I talked to people in this most recent research I did. I talked to black professionals who were um, between 25 and 85 mm. who did a ton of different jobs. They were all from Detroit, but they all did a, bunch of different jobs and they all said the same thing so it's like they all came from really different backgrounds and did a lot of different types of jobs but they all said the same thing so it's like these people from different generations have the same experience right like they use language in a lot of different ways in a lot of different professions come from a lot of different family backgrounds but they all feel the same way about I use my language with my little friends or your little friends or you're not supposed to talk to your elders you and your in the little same friends. Way that you talk to your friends. Even right. though the actual words we're saying in the moment are different, um, even though we do not agree, none of them agree on which words are the right words. Right. Um, well, it's the actual motion between like two styles that they agree on. And what Sean, you were saying, um, about you know they're just being just this knowledge of you know I'm go- I'm going to move I think that that's it of just like I'm going to move I know that I know that I have I have things that are mine that I like right and that 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 I am able to communicate myself in these spaces and and that there are these younger generations that say I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. That's like these, this younger group that's really, it's really interesting. This younger group says that 
I don't code switch anymore. I'm not, I'm not like with it. But then we actually see that they do it anyway. So it's sort of, mm. it's sort of interesting that there's like, they're maybe more open about saying I want to resist it. Um, I feel like I've watched people in these older generations like have to do it or be under pressure to mm-hmm. use more standard language, like not just with elders that are in my own family, but like everywhere I go, I have to not use the language I use with my friends, but I want to use this language that I use with my friends. I should be able to use this language that I use with my friends. My idiolect is good enough for everywhere that I go. Why can't I use my language everywhere? Um, but then find that they're under pressure to mm. not do that. And so like, that's, that's the part that I work on is like, where does the pressure come from? I, I feel like some of this for older generations is survival. We knew that if we didn't assimilate, you know, it, it's like, do you wear shorts to work? No, you put on your, your Sunday best. You know, this was all about what do we have to say, act, do, and be in order to earn and survive. And And, and be respected. And be respected. And that gets to the next word I was going to use. This this sort of falls in or is baked into respectability politics, which is also what the younger folks are resisting, and rightfully so. I mean, this is very common. I did not make this up. Martin Luther King was shot while wearing a suit. So... I love when people use that, like say that because, you know, it it doesn't matter. You can be eating right. a Burger King or you could have been, that, that kid could have been eating Burger King in his car or he could have been eating sushi in his car. Uh, listen, right. I, I, there's I agree. Nothing unsta- there's nothing non-standard and I can't breathe. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I could, I could testify. I never had, I, I do have, I have zero sympathy for yellow cabs because before uber, before uber i could be dressed in a tuxedo and they would just zoom by and they do that Ooh. hunker down act like they don't see you <laughs> anyway so i i do want to talk about one thing here and and you you everything you're saying i think is fascinating what what i also think is interesting here you know uh, 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 you know, the younger generation does this and the older generation does that. And then we all pick the things that we like. But then there's certain things that certain colloquialisms that just stick like. Well, OK, I'm going to I'm going to give you an example of, of a colloquialism that sticks. And, and I'm going to start it out with a piece of music. Hopefully, hopefully, you know what this is. childhood and my teenage years on my career so I felt a little bit lonely and finally one day I found love we did our very first song together called Bonnie and Clyde but I need my ladies to help me sing all I need in this life is sin it's me and my boyfriend now now Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde was a movie. couple as possible. Okay, now here's the thing. Bonnie and Clyde has become, uh, it's a colloquialism. 
it means yeah. it means more than it's not the movie it's not those well, those criminals bonnie and clyde so much so that here i'm going to play you something this is a completely different song by somebody else and you don't necessarily even know what they're singing about except that here take a listen say you 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 this is in another language it's french and i don't know what he's saying but he says jesse james he says bonnie and clyde and you can tell he's obviously singing about love he's singing about a relationship there's something going on you know so i i feel like that's that's uh, a colloquialism that is eclipsed uh the culture even our culture it's just you know, so what I, I just is, like to get your take on that. Is that really a colloquialism? And I don't mean to. And, well, that's the question. Is it, it a colloquialism? It feels more like a cultural reference because. And what, what is say, what's the difference? Colloquialism feels like more like common speech or or phrases. Bonnie and Clyde. It's, but it's a reference. That's different. You say Bonnie and Clyde um, in American culture, and American culture has invaded most of the world, and, mm -hmm. and you know, so I guess people get it. But you also say, you know, Romeo and Juliet. 
Adam and Eve. That's these are these, these are, are references. These well, are these are cultural reference points. But Bonnie now they say Beyonce and Jay. So <laughs> yeah, we are Bonnie, not saying Bonnie that. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde is an advanced Adam and Eve and an advanced but, Romeo and Juliet. It's, but, it's but see, today. to me, it's always Romeo and Juliet. Well, you see, but it's but always love. That's or that's, lack of. That's what what is that word? Idiolex. That's your. That's idiolex. A, that's my idiolex. That's your idiolex. Now, um, I, I but. Love, Okay. I, I really feel that we cannot talk about this and not. You know, I'm going to bring in Star Trek. Of, of, you, no. Oh, oh, shocking. Stop. Shocking. Stop it. Stop it. But there was the the Darmok episode in Star Trek: Thank Next you. Generation, where Picard <laughs> and Darmok are stranded on the planet. There are a whole lot of other circumstances nobody cares about. Mm -hmm. But they, the, part of their journey while they're fighting each other and fighting, you know, the big bad on that planet, they have to figure out how to talk to each other. In they Darmok is from a group of people yes. that speak in story. So if you say, as they said in that episode, Romeo and Juliet, but your culture doesn't have that story, you never heard of it. You have no idea what that means. So he's saying, you know, Shaka when the walls fell and Picard is like, dude, say what? Except with a British accent. So we it, say, it's a, what? <laughs> say what, sir? Say what? Say what, sir? So you, you have to have in order to have colloquial speech. You also have to have common reference points. Well, again, that's my, Bonnie and Clyde, in my opinion, fits that. Now, I, I want I want Sean and, and Kelly to weigh in. I think Bonnie and Clyde fits that 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 definition. Now, let's mm. hit, ask the ratio linguist, Kelly. I want to I want to hear what Sean thinks. I want to. Hear what oh, Sean you want to hear what Sean thinks? All right, Sean. Let's hear what you think. The multi hyphenate. Uh, would you stop it? Um. To me, I, it, it's, I think it is. I think it is a colloquialism. Okay. I think it is, there's, it's, it's funny because Bonnie and Clyde is now, people say Beyonce and Jay. It's, it's on that level now. It's gotten, it's progressed to each. I think, okay, every, Bonnie and Clyde is what, 50 years old, if, if we're going to use Way more. Term. Way more. 70. Way yeah. more, but. Well, but, 70, the movie, and, and they were from like the 20s or something, right? And I, I just want to give a shout out to the old generations who may not be saying Beyonce and Jay. If y'all are still saying Peaches and Herb, I got you. No, but, Ashford and Simpson. Ashford and Simpson, come on. But no, seriously. Um, well, the the thing is with that is that Bonnie and Clyde is fifty years old, but it did not. I mean, people didn't start using that as a res, uh, respected reference. I remember only. I've only heard it when it comes around with songs. If it's a part, if it ingrains pop culture, that's when it becomes mainstream. Like, I feel like a lot of, that's why I say black culture creates all culture, whether it's slang, whether it's, you know, people say Ebonics, I don't know, whatever. TikTok, all of that stuff is, 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 is from black culture. So even though you might say, okay, Beyonce and Jay, no, but that's where they, it, it comes from. It comes from the Bonnie and Clyde uh, term and, and usage. So unless somebody else comes around next, who else is another one that they use? They, they oh, they will. No, they can't even use Brad and Angelina anymore. They can't even say that anymore. So it's it's still back to Bay and Jay. That's that's what they say. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is excellent. So there is a spectrum, right? So Darmok 
Thank you for bringing up one of the most linguistically relevant Star Trek episodes from TNG. <laughs> um, Thank you. Linguistically Darmok relevant. and Jalad at Tanagra, right? Like yes. This, like, like Timba, his arms wide. Like yes. all. Like the only reason why that this whole episode is so perfect. Everyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, educate yourselves. Star this, Trek: The Next is, Generation. This is um, it's metaphor. Mm-hmm. The the reason why they're able the the whole reason why they're able to connect in that episode is because metaphor is something that reaches beyond idiolect. It reaches beyond culture. It's why we can listen to this song in French and those are the words that pop out in English, right? Are like James Dean. Oh, okay, maybe we know what the song's about. Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, okay, maybe we know what the song's about. It's because like they're they're touchstones that go actually reach past cultural reference mm-hmm. um for us the, these metaphors there there's a there mm, there's a well-known book <laughs> i was about to say great uh that <laughs> uh, by laycock that's called like the metaphors we live by and it's an older book but it's actually something about like how our brains is structured around uh, generally like the human brain like how it's structured around like these references to like kinship and time and like taste and and things like um and capitalism like when we say like bank on it or i'm going to spend time on this like when we make reference and make like metaphorical reference to things um how it it makes sense. So you actually see a lot of that in the Starmock episode when they get past the very basic references to these moments in the culture that Starmock we actually never know his name <laughs> is trying to tell Picard because he has these moments where He's saying it's his Romeo and Juliet story. Yes. Right that he's trying to tell like Darmok and Talat at Tanagra like I'm trying to tell you this story about this thing that happened this like really important moment where like people were sharing a cultural exchange like is that what's happening now like I'm trying to ask you like are we doing this or are we doing war like are we doing good or are we doing bad? It's really like it's very that and so like Bonnie and Clyde is like like Thelma and Louise like are we mm-hmm. are we going for it like are we ride or die like and so it and Sean makes this really excellent point like you both did like again it's age grading by, by the like, way by the way that phrase ride or die that's a colloquialism oh, that yes. that has transcended and then been re retread so it ahead. is like and and they get they get reused because or they get like they get these um cultural references these metaphors that we live by or whatever get these cultural references like overlaid each generation so Beyonce and Jay are last generations Ben and Jen or they're the generation before you know like it's it's who was the power couple or who was you know the it people of the moment i mean Liz and Dick go- Liz and Dick Water yep. and James Evans. Stop. I mean, you know, I mean, 
And so I don't ever remember a hearing of Florida and James, but anyway. <laughs> and even that, that like, is, I mean, think about that like, is I mean, think about white people. I don't know. Who do they look at? I mean, like, you look at like a, um, gosh, I'm losing it, but I'm thinking about um, from the soap opera, like those two, like this. Um, oh, oh, the, I remember. Oh, the white General couple, Hospital. the ones that were actually like, he raped Luke her. Luke and Laura. Luke and Laura. Luke and Laura. Yes. See, um, okay, you just said, and we, the three of us, know exactly who that is. Like that's I, I, very. I, 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 I just couldn't pull their names out. I was like, la, 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 but Luke and Laura. It's like yes. Yeah, even and, I know, like who Luke and Laura is. Right, but now, how many people? They're maybe from not Gen the same. Z. But this it doesn't mean anything. Is like now. each generation puts their yes. their cultural reference on top of that yes. metaphor of like the metaphor underneath is whatever it is, power couple, writer, mm-hmm. like. I don't know what it is. I don't know exactly what the underlying name for the metaphor is, but it's there. We have this category that we're gonna look up to. And, you know, in some cultures, maybe that's different. Maybe that's the leading people in your matrilineal (laughs) insular society. Maybe it's the king and queen. Maybe it's your parents, (laughs) right? I mean, yeah, it's actually quite interesting that we have these metaphorical categories and we place whatever is interesting in our society on top of them over time. And this is actually something that's really hard for people to kind of deal with is like this language change. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, well, that, yeah. that comes back to what you're talking about, the impact. But I just do want, I want to say that you are tuned to listener-sponsored radio, WBAI 99.5 FM in New York and on the web. WBAI.org. This is Night Shift. I'm Mike Sargent in the studio. I have Leanne Lord on the line or on Zoom. I have Professor Kelly Wright, who is a raciolinguist, someone who studies the impact of language. And I have Sean Richards, who is a multi hyphenate actress, producer, raconteur. So we're discussing how language evolves race and colloquialisms here on Night Shift.
so we are back, and I, if we've been talking about all kinds of words, so we're back, and and Sean and Kelly, you guys are still here, yes? I haven't lost. Yes, her. I have a question. Okay, what is your question, Sean? Because I have something to reveal to you. Go ahead. Okay, so. We're talking about cultural impacts and words and terms and uh, colloquialisms. I can never pronounce that right. I didn't do my uh, voice exercise. Colloquialisms. Colloquialisms. Colloquialism. Colloquial. Yeah. Colloquialisms. I have to use my tongue too much. I don't have patience for that la, right la, now. La, la, la. <laughs> yeah. So you should try question. and say it in Klingon, though. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So my question is, it's funny. I... Um, I watch I watch a lot of uh, pop culture stuff, but I, I do watch uh, a lot of the Housewives franchises, mm-hmm. and they had a they're doing a BravoCon, and this weekend they had the most like I guess the 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 Housewives who have terms that have become gifts. Gifts is a whole other thing. That is a part of our culture. Okay, hold, that- hold on. Can I just say that there is a debate between whether it's pronounced GIF or JIF, just so you know. GIF. GIF. I'm just saying. I say GIF or I, I say JIF. Some whatever people one. say, you know, there it is. Go ahead. So, um, so anyway, so they had a panel today of the housewives with the most, like, iconic phrases that have re- like evolved into gifs or gifs or whatever into our daily speaking and it was funny there was like all of them up there and Nini wasn't there but Nini has so many things that she says that has turned into a gif that's turned into what we say every day that people don't even realize and Sheree, like they had, you know, all the housewives with the most iconic situations that have occurred. And it was funny because they're going down the list of things that everyone said. And Sheree has a bunch of them. But one of them was about like, who's going to check me, boo? And you can say, who's going to check me, boo? And people lose their mind and start laughing because you remember her in the episode where she cussed the guy out. The other women on the panel we're saying things that it was just an emotional scene. It wasn't really a, a phrase that we were going to incorporate in our in our in our uh, conversations or whatever. So I wanted to know: is like we're becoming? It's it's interesting because I feel like social media and reality TV has lent to a lot of this as well because you watch. I mean, you watch any of these shows and you will hear phrases of Bonnie and Clyde. You will hear Bay and Jay. You will hear people shorten words and make it their own or, you know, why am I in this? So, you know, all these different terms that are that came from reality TV. So I just I find that interesting that, you know, these gifs and all these social media things have contributed to it as well and they keep them alive because if you do if you look for gifs right now and you're like oh okay what what could i use and then you you punch in bonnie and clyde a bunch is going to come up 
Interesting. Now, I, 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 I want to frame that your question for for Kelly because if I wanted to, like the Reader's Digest version of your question, but but um, Kelly, so I, I feel like what she's asking you is, you know, every aspect of culture contributes uh, to language and to colloquialisms and to and to phraseology, and I, I guess to to go along with her question. What do you feel the impact of social media is now on language? You know, I have no idea what Sean's talking about in these housewives. I've never watched one episode or seen one GIF, or if I would, I wouldn't even know what the hell it was. Now, that's just me. I mean, I'm on a different, you know, wavelength than that. So that's a sector. Like you were saying, regional, within age, within sex, within all, all of that, there are different places that people get their colloquialisms. I, I'm going to throw in a colloquialism for that. Oh, okay. Well. And I'm going to say, ain't nobody got no time for that. <laughs> I have never seen a housewife of nowhere. <laughs> but it's funny that you said, okay, so what you just said was, you said, ain't, ain't got, I ain't got no time for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what funny I'm... thing about that is. One housewife says it and, and has re retreaded. No, but listen, the way she just said it, mm-hmm. I mean, I You could I be a have, housewife. You could I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I have um, you know, family members that like I, my aunt always used to say, I ain't got no time for that. But recently, in the last what three years, there's a housewife that said it in that same uh tone that you said it, mm-hmm. like in that same everything, and that is Regardless if you've been saying that since you were seven years old, that has re-emerged in that same, when I say in the same cadence that you just said it, mm-hmm. that is something that everybody has, people have even made jokes yeah, about they that. They all got it so from Leanne, because she's... No, I heard it. There was oh, okay. a terrible news story. Um, somebody yes. got... But yeah, the, you know what I'm talking about. And they, yes, they yes, put, put a yes. microphone in this woman's face. Yep, and she was she was outside, yep. and it was cold out. She had a a, a, a scarf on her head, <laughs> and meanwhile, Tyler Perry put her in a movie. So, regardless of anything, mm. she got a role in a movie. But That's more than I got. But, okay, that that switched over to an episode of one of the Atlanta episodes. Kid you not. And she re- referenced that woman, and then a lot of people didn't even know who the woman was. They were like, "Oh, she's saying it like the woman." It's like, no. That, that's been going on forever, but it's gotten a recycle, a remix, a re, you know, a refresh. Some sort of, okay. a, refresh. a refresh. So, but, you know. All right. But now, Kelly, I, I need yeah, to I hear Kelly. Yeah, I need to hear Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, I need to hear about your thoughts on, on both now the okay. impact of social media and the refresh. Okay. So, this debate that y'all just had is exactly what I tracked down on social media Mm. when I do my entries for the dictionary. So when I, I wrote, I wrote an entry for bussin'. (laughs) I I wrote an entry for WAP. I wrote an entry for bussin', yep. Right, okay, so this is the kind of thing that I will, I sit and I read every tweet. I read, I read all of Reddit, right? To look, to look and see when the first one was Mm. so i went back i go back to the woman in the headscarf on television in 2002 
being interviewed by the news when she said, I ain't nobody got time for that. Right. And this is where we put, we put it in the dictionary. We put it in and we say, here's where it started. Here's where it got me to death. And then three years went by and everyone was just retweeting it and using it as a reaction gif. And then it got picked up by the real housewives of Atlanta and it got used again. And now everyone's using this as a new reaction gif. And here's where it happened again. I mean, we literally trace that history because it's usage and it's important. And this is how it's being used where when people are writing dictionaries in the past, they're like, here's just some sentences. And it's like, well, those sentences are just like in books. And that is like not the only place where language is happening. So when I am doing documentation, this is what I am documenting. I am documenting how people are tweeting and retweeting when they're putting things in gifts, when they're making memes, when they're out and they're talking about stuff. Like this is the kind of, these are the kinds of words I'm interested in. And these are the kinds of places and usage that I am attempting to document. And I'm attempting to document like how language is changing and where it's changing and when it's changing and how people are using it. And it is not easy. Okay, so that's that's one thing. The other thing is about like what you're talking about, about how stuff gets like picked up and stuck to like a person or like one person. Um, and then like used and reused is like a reaction this is where I start to say that the internet is changing language. And that's where I start to say that the internet is changing language. And that is because I am not the kind, and, and other linguists are like mad. Other linguists are like mad <laughs> when I say that, because people have been writing books for decades already about how the I, internet I love was that. changing other linguists language. are mad. Other linguists are Kelly mad. Wright. Other linguists are mad. Other linguists. <laughs> so are many mad. linguists okay. were already mad at me. Hi. Um, <laughs> there were. Um, Tell them to because, meet me outside. <laughs> because, because, because we kind of already didn't know how the printing press had changed language. I um, I take a very deep time depth view of language. I take a very universal view of language. When I start looking at how language works, I start looking at the first human being who used it till now. And so, and, and I study, um, oppression. And so I have to look before print existed to do my research because people were oppressing people of color and people, disabled people, et cetera, et cetera, before we had formal text, the way we describe it. So my research reaches farther back than that. So um, print, as we know it, started reshaping language in ways that we haven't quite fully analyzed yet. And so when people are like, oh, what is like social media doing to language? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't really know what Prince doing the language. So I can't quite answer that question for you. But when I look at the things that Sean is bringing up about like the ways in which how a single person for one second used language in a television show that was only happening right in one moment. And then people cut that out of context mm -hmm. and started using it and reusing it in their daily conversations 
throughout the entire world mm -hmm. for people who never had access to that television show. Like I have used Nene Leaks reaction gifts and I have never watched that show in its entire like those episodes of that season of that show and it's like I've only seen Potomac <laughs> and so it's like I don't that's my show too but <laughs> so good um <laughs> I don't know right but I've used them because they're amazing like that's why I'm saying like how could it be anybody other than me like who got like the top spot you know for those and so that's that's the thing is like that is different. That is like a different type of usage than other types of usage. And that's that's like the ways in which people were communicating over social media in the past are perhaps more vociferous, more voluminous, more connected more than yes. in the past. But the, but the actual function of it when you look at like the way language is being used if you held it in front of you and studied it that communicative function to me doesn't seem special or different than other ways language has been used in the past but what Sean is pointing out is definitely different to me and so it feels very specific to digital communication right in a way that right stands out so I think I think that's like a new a new stage, right? Okay. All right. In the same way that like text itself, like we weren't able to um, codify our history. In the same way that we couldn't when we were just speaking and writing on like walls and clay tablets. <laughs> now we can like when we're printing, we can like make books. And that helped us codify our history in a way that we like weren't. Able and, and, to and we can write on digital walls and, and yeah, and, and, and you know, and electronic care. tablets. Yes, gifts, gifts, meme, memes, and gifts are a thing that we weren't quite doing in the same way before. All right. Well, now, now I want a long-winded answer, but no, no, that, a quite profound observation you had, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why we bring Sean. Uh, Sean. Now, since I have all of you here, uh, I discovered a new word. I, 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 I met a friend, and the friend is, you know, very educated woman. She's, you know, a PhD, and, you know, she gives talks and things like that. And are you talking about me? No. So far, all of those are me. No, well, okay. okay. <laughs> but, but, okay. And she, she told me a word I'd never heard. And, and the word is she source. She source. she source now have you heard of this word uh okay great i love it i love that i can Did actually say the word you... is she source like she, she source she source and i'm going to read to you now it is a recent word yes i it has it, it has a recent word and, and i'm going to read to you the definition that is currently existing and and this now keep in mind this is not an official thing now there are there is a website called she source and if you it is a term now used for for female speakers but its original meaning is noun a female resource typically in reference to a project plan or resource usage chart so and then they use it in a sentence please assign tiffany as an additional she source on the miller project so uh, and and I, and I thought now that's interesting, and it's interesting now again. 
you know, from where I'm sitting, I, you know, I never watched those, you know, the, the housewife shows, but I'm aware of its impact on language. And I'm, and I'm wondering, you know, the other thing Sean mentioned here also is, you know, how, how much, let's just say black colloquialisms have contributed to, to language and to, to what is considered cool. Honestly, 95% of it, <laughs> because it, it's, it's, I, in, I just, it's insane. Okay. I mean, even with the, this is the funny thing. I'm watching a lot of old clips of Diane Carroll. Yes. And even though the show was written, mm -hmm. uh, the, her, her character, Dominique Devereaux was written for her. She gives some shakes. I call it Shakespearean shade. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can come. There's no way anybody else but a woman of color, okay. a black okay. woman of color sure. specifically, okay. could deliver sure. the Shakespearean shade that she's <laughs> delivering. You understand? Like, there's a, there's, a, shade oh. is a good. there's a way that Joan Collins delivers only Joan Collins' mm -hmm. delivery this is, is going to work with this those scripts, true. right? Well, but when, but but that's that was written for Joan Collins. You got to think at that time, it, I guess in the eighties or nineties when Dynasty came on and Dominique Devereaux came on the scene, it's it's insane. So like I would say, even if it's written by someone who's not black. Mm, mm. The spin that we put on it is a whole nother level. Well, it's just a whole nother level. But this comes back to what you do, Sean, and why I think it stands out to you so much. As an actress, you you know how important the interpretation. You think about any phrase that Samuel L. Jackson has ever said. There be people oh my who God. there yes. are people who have cursed before Samuel L. Jackson, but you wouldn't know it. <laughs> you wouldn't know that anybody ever cursed before him because everybody curses like him now. So I'm just saying. Well, all right, I, I don't mean that literally. Uh, Leanne made a face. When I no, no, okay. it, it's because I'm thinking of what I'm torn by. What are you, you know, by? Sean makes a, a, again an excellent point that yes. our culture becomes the broader culture. Yes. You know, and so is that good or not? Because I feel by the time I hear somebody on CNN say, oh, I, God. I, I appreciate you. I'm like, well, I guess I can't appreciate nobody no more now because they, that slang. They, they, they water it down. I, I fully well, understand. Just, they, not fully just they water it down, it's that they take it over. Okay. And they and they act like it's theirs, right. and they stayed in the and they use it in the wrong context. That's the embarrassing thing. Okay, now from hey. the high five right on down. All right, you guys are. Oh you, my god! You, to the dis, the word dis. Oh. When the first time I saw dis, <laughs> d i s, on the cover of the New York Post, I said it's time for me to enroll in a college course of language, so I never use dis ever again. That's how offended I was. I saw it on the on the front page of the New York Post. A senator yelled at another senator on the floor, do not diss me. I don't know who his grandkids were. I was offended. All right, Sean, you need to come out your shell and be able to speak back. your mind. You know, I really feel, you know, you're too too shy. All right, now, we, all right, just to, to, so I can get to the point I was going to make. Uh, you're or, to make or the, I had a question, we'll really. We'll get there, sir. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. The question was, looking at the impact, like we said, of colloquialism, especially within certain sectors of society that impact more than others, uh, and... Uh, something like a word like she source or more, more importantly, uh, the feminine, uh, the, the, 
the way women are described or the way women describe things or the way women talk, I, I feel that there's definitely an influence there. And I just wanted to know from Kelly, from her work, what, what, how, what kind of role does gender play in, in that impact of language and, and how it is used? Because one of the things that can happen besides a, uh, colloquialism becoming something so, you know, nice and that you hear it in a song and all that and, and all that, that those colloquialisms can also be weaponized. They can also become something very, very different. So, uh, you know, whether it's race or gender, I, I'm just, I just want to know your thoughts or on just that topic there. I, I have some thoughts. Um, okay. She sources one. She source, she row, her story, those those types of words uh, make me feel a little weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, um, they're they're not things I'm going to use or adopt in, into my my vocabulary. Um, although I understand why people do um, that, they want to mark female or or you know women's accomplishments. Um, in the same way that uh, Viola Davis calls herself an actor, right, and not an actress, um, I think that a lot of people are moving away from gendered language, right? Um, we have, and 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 it's one of these um, parts of inclu- um, inclusive language, linguistic activism, linguistic justice that has been successful. Um, and they haven't all been. So we've seen words like flight attendant and mail carrier and police officer, right? Take over in our lifetime. So 25 years ago, people said, um, policeman will ne- police officer will never be a thing. Mailman, right? Mail carrier will never be a thing. Flight, flight attendant will never be a thing. But all of those words are totally normal to us now. But, but there was a move for person-first language. I think a lot of people remember that, person-first language. So a person with disabilities, right, instead of disabled person. Um, that didn't work, right? We didn't get a person who carries your mail or... Um, right. We, we, we got individualized terms for jobs. We got, instead of chairperson, we got chair. So we went from chairman to chairperson, but chairperson didn't work. We got chair. And now a chair of a department is a perfectly normal thing to say. So we don't have chairwoman and chairman. We just have chair and people are fine with that. Right. Um, a CEO, right? It, these kinds of things. It's not as um, normal to think that a CEO is a man, but that used to be quite acceptable. In the same way as a doctor, lady doctor used to just mean gynecologist, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> lady doctor used to mean gynecologist. You have to put, used to have to put lady in front of things that used to be stereotypically male, and you know, a, a male nurse right? That kind of thing. But now those terms have become less gendered. So you can say, 
I'm a nurse and be a boy. And that's not weird. Um, you can say I'm an actor and be a woman and that's not weird. So for me, I can say I'm a doctor and that's not weird. And I've been a doctor for three months and I'm walking around telling people that, um, because <laughs> I feel like I want to stand in that. And I'm not going to say I'm a doctress like I would in other languages, right? I still, I would have to mark my gender in other languages for my profession. And I don't have to do that in English. So calling myself a shiro <laughs> or saying that I'm making history by being the first person of color, the first woman of color to write for the dictionary that I write for, I'm not trying to stand in that space. I understand why people are right but i don't want to mark my gender as something special in that space i just want to say that i do what i do but that's my choice right i understand why those words matter and exist because women have been kept out of most professions for the history of time yes <laughs> Yes. Well, people, I agree the, with the, you the, the, that, the, By the way, the audience after. can't see the amount of um, added movement to everything that uh, that Doctor Wright says. Um, so, um, what were you going to say, Sean? Because I was going. I agree respond. with actor and doctor and all that. I. It's funny. I think growing up with a name like Sean, I have always tried to. I, I don't even think my parents were that even aware of it but they've always used gender neutral terms and descriptions as much as possible so whenever someone refers to me and says actress i always cringe and i always you know what i mean so i always cringe because i'm like you know and then somebody says so a lot of times a lot of people if you look on social media they'll put their pronouns up and i don't put my i don't put any up because I've had this name all my life and I've had people think they're going to speak to a certain type of person and then they realize it's it's not. I've had them change their whole behavior. So I like that. I like that they don't know. You know what I mean? So and you should, you should put where it says pronoun, you should do, put, you'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, like even doing voiceovers, I mean, of course, code switching is a part of everything, right? Uh, even when you say you don't, but if you're playing a character and you're doing just a voice, nobody even knows what you look like. You have to code switch, right? If you're playing an elderly woman, 80 years old, who lives in a shoe, she there's a certain way she speaks. So, and is it a payless shoe? Is, is it a Loloblonic? <laughs> you know, all of this matters. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, and and it's. I, I was going to make some sort of a joke there but uh now i i do want to ask you um uh, something about the the one part you 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 didn't said you you talked about the gender and i'm just wondering there, there is something that that i discovered in doing research for the show and that there is something called the racial slur database uh it is a fascinating uh online uh, wikipedia what's that 
it's a sad and scary place. It's a sad and scary yeah? place. Yes, yes. So. Fox News ain't new. Okay, no, it's not. I'm just stop, stop. But uh, someone, you know, the, the same person told me, uh, you know, I asked him a colloquialism that, you know, maybe I'd never heard. And they said, a briar hopper. And I was like, what's a briar hopper? And, and what she was telling me was the reference was that a briar hopper. Do you actually know? Uh, the, the, do you know, Kelly? Your face says like you might know. She knows what a briar hopper is. A briar hopper and the young people, young white young white people are calling themselves briar hopper. Now, briar hopper is sort of a slur. It's a slur that means, let's just say hillbilly. And it is a, you know, but they embrace it and call themselves that. And she found it odd. Now, I had never heard of a Briar Harper. Now, have you, this is a colloquialism that, have you heard of this, Kelly? She's nodding. What were you going to say? Never heard of that. No, but Kelly, why, why are you, you're silent. She looks troubled. You look troubled. So you've heard this. Why? Tell me I'm why you're troubled. Appalachian. Huh? You're I mean, Appalachian. That's okay. So then you know. Then you like. So what's your thought on this this slur that that has been embraced by those it would potentially slur? And and I mean clearly I can I see. Mean, it's, like, it's a it's a redneck. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a worse form of redneck. It's you know it's a spectrum. It's, it's a white it's a white slur. It's a white slur. It's a white slur. Um and and um uh, okay the redneck. The redneck, the racial, the racial slur database. It's not a redneck database. No, it's um, the redneck or the racial slur database is my midterm in my profanity class. Oh, um, the final is every euphemism for vagina. Okay. Uh, so, I just like to is, stick with happy place. Yeah, where we're headed. Um, it's, it's it's not amazing. Um, the it. What are you asking me about this terrible word? Well, I wasn't asking you about the not, terrible no, word. I was just I was asking about uh, how a, a how do I feel about people taking it back or well, wanting right. to be in it? But look at no. I mean, how do we? No. Feel, I mean, let's but not you, talk about the N word. But are you we, seeing this? Are you seeing this? Am I seeing it? Yes. I've never heard this word before. Yes. It has absolutely no meaning to me exactly. whatsoever. Yes, I am seeing it. And yes. I'm looking at her face. She is pained. Mm-hmm. Because this word means something to her. It doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, it Not just, maybe it's, you know what I mean, all, but it's, it's, yeah. I've never heard this word in my life. Right. So I'm sitting here cool as ice, twice as nice, never had an off day in my life. <laughs> Kelly is struggling. Okay. The reason why this word hurts my feelings is because um, the first time I came in contact with it is from Mate Wan. And I don't know if that means anything to I, any of y'all, um, but Mate Wan is 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 one of the only the one of the only times that the U.S. government dropped bombs on United States citizens, and that happened in Appalachia. It happened in Mate Wan um, during a um, um, a strike of of coal miners mm-hmm. in in you know, um, in, in Kentucky and, um, they crawled through briars to escape. Mm. 
and they were what year was this what year was this um what? i will give you a real answer because the american government has dropped bombs oh i know i know well, well many there, times there, there, there on... was a film about it uh, as well well the fact that this is one that we don't know once again argues, why are we know. not Most teaching history this. this is like from planes and yeah. i don't know if i know this happened multiple times um Sorry, I'm in Tulsa. It happened in North Carolina. It happened, it happened in the 20s. It happened in Philadelphia. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, Once again, we don't know anything about this. Um, yeah. The 20s, West Virginia. I said Virginia. West yeah. Virginia. It's, mm. it's actually right where a bunch of state, three state lines come together. Okay. Um, it's a, a high point in the mountains. Anyway. Um, well, can I the tell people you? who yeah. were trying to escape crawled through a lot of briars. And so the, um, it matters. Uh, that, that's the part of what makes me sad is like these young people probably don't know about this. That's really They wild. don't know where the words come from because the, it comes from same thing with redneck. Like the people who um, were resisting mm-hmm. these, you know, these corporations who were trying to do things that corporations do, um, they were, they tied red scarves around their necks. Um, the people who were on strike. And that's like, that's part of where it comes from. You know, that whole, like, what side are you on um, thing from the, these mountains, <laughs> you know, um, that's where redneck comes from. And so like all of this, all of these things, like, um, yeah. And so like these, and, and so it's not, when we talk about the N word, the N words, which is part of what I interviewed people about in my dissertation is like, how, what do these words mean to you? Again, like 25 to 83, like these folks that I sat them down and I like asked them about it. What do these words mean to you? How do you use them? You know, um, how do you use them with your family? How do you use them like out in the world? Do you ever use them at work? Th- those, those kinds of questions Um, and like, you know, it's like the connections that they have with these words and how they feel about them, I feel like are perhaps not the same that these individuals that you're referencing Mike have with these words. That is perhaps ignorance on my part, right? Like maybe some of these individuals who are picking up these, these terms that have to do with like briars and redness, um, are feeling connections with place in the same way that I feel them in these mountains that I grew up in. Um, but I'm going to guess not, <laughs> you know? And so just like not having that, having the distance and feeling like I want to use this word and, and make it part of my identity. That's what makes me make the faces you all were seeing is just, I just don't feel like they know where it comes from. Well, that, 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 <laughs> they don't I, know their own history. Exactly. Well, that, that, Whereas, that, like people who use the N word today, absolutely know their own history. They can't not know it. The world makes them know it. 
Well, I think when when young people first started doing it, I'm sure that they they you know the adults felt this way. But that really was leading to my question, and and, and you know the theme of the show is the evolution of, of language and how something can evolve from one thing to another. How it can either become something that's embraced or weaponized or or like you said the the history like redneck it does not mean anything having to do with its origin. Now it has. A whole it evolved into a whole other meaning and people use it in a whole other way so that was really my 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 well, question that's the thing like who am i to tell you what it means like just because it means that for me doesn't mean that it means that for you like if you want to carry it into the world meaning something else like i am not the arbiter of meaning no right but, um yeah no no no. i'm just talking but about then, but then listen but then i, if I was says yeah, I was just wondering about your thoughts on how that evolution can happen. In in is it just ignorance or is it just how it gets picked up? Is, it, you know, is it I don't think things? people want to read and do research because honestly, I've never heard that word in my entire life. I, didn't, I there's didn't a lot of words day, that I just have never heard of that are slurs. But if somebody says that word to someone else and they get their ass whooped, I mean, you know. I'm just going to have a, a tea and just, you know, move on with my day <laughs> and I won't feel bad. That I just feel people, the educational system in the United States is so bad, but I also feel people are lazy. Like the fact that you were able to tell me what year a lot of this stuff happened is right online. I would never put it like this. I don't wear a t-shirt of a band that I've never listened to their music. You got me mm. like, just get it, get a clue or something. Yeah, it's like, Mike, you were talking about peanut gallery. Yes. Like yes. these other things. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, people come to me and they're always like, well, what words can't I say? And I'm like, the way that I cannot give you a list. <laughs> yes, I, I understand <laughs> that, too. Uh, well, um, I guess my, my last uh, in the last part of the show here uh that and and just for those who are, are maybe just tuning in you are listening to night shift and we are talking with dr kelly wright who is a raceo linguist and we are talking with leanne lord who is a what do, what do you consider yourself to? What, what how do you define yourself um my signature is leanne lord comedian author human comedian author human leanne lord and sean richards um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram <laughs> as Virgo8910. Okay. She's a Virgo. Or if I'm on Twitter, I can get into, I can play games on Twitter and be shady. Um, it's under, I think I've changed, I think it's S Million Sean. I think that's me on Twitter. I think that's you. And, and if it isn't, there's somebody named S Million Sean who's getting all your 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 texts okay so um i guess my 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 next question in terms of uh the usage of colloquialisms because you know you really um as leanne said you know you were visibly uh bothered and that was not my intent i just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on on you know these words that have you know zero meaning to one person or another and and i, I like what sean put it but my my question is what what where do you where do you see language going in terms of how much 
uh, we are, you know, all the things we're saying impact language now and, and what social media is doing and whatnot. Where, what do you think is the future uh, of language? Is it just going to always be like it is or are we or is language changing significantly because of, you know, the level of communication we have today and, and all the other things that impact culture? Yeah, OK. Uh, I get to talk about this. Um, uh, language is a natural system so it's it's going to evolve um how fast that happens i can't speak to um wh where and when that happens i can't speak to um so but but i i all i can tell you is it's going to happen right um we can't stop evolution we can't stop the uh, arcing gyre of space time, right? As much as, as, as we might want to try. So we can't, we can't stop language from changing. What's great about that is, uh, we can keep using it however we want, right? As individuals. So if we think a word again, like if we think a word should be pronounced in a different way, we should just pronounce it the way that feels better. So like if colloquialisms is weird or hard for our mouth, um, then we should just do it however our mouth wants to sound. Um, if people are pushing us to not use our accent, that's bad. <laughs> um, you should just use language in the way that feels most comfortable to you because that's probably how it's going to fall out in the arc of time. Right. Instead of the, the now where people time. are yelling at you. The arc of time. Yes. Indeed. Um, this is how I think about language um, is from this evolutionary, like geologic time perspective. Um, it's always going to change. <laughs> and so and like we have these individually contained systems in our own brains and also it's like this collectively held system that we all share um it's very magic in that way um but it's also somehow no different than any biological system that we experience so it's no different than our genome it's no different than like trees and mushrooms and stuff. So um, I think people can kind of just chill a little bit when it comes to how yourself and others are using language. I think we can just um, spend some time experiencing it. Uh, language is one of the most intimate things we ever know. It is how we materialize our own thoughts. So we don't notice it. So I think spending a little time noticing how you use your own language gets you really close to just seeing it. It's just being like, oh, I do really cool stuff. <laughs> and then playing in there, um, you know, spending some time, spending some time having fun in the space where you're creating literally at every moment you're awake um that sounds like my life super cool uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm with that 
All right. Well, now you know. Okay. All right. I, I have to ask now Leanne a question, and mm -hmm. and 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 then I have a specific yeah, question. Yeah, she's for using language in the best way. Is super fan. Yes. Super fan. So I I, I, I I want to ask you now in terms of we were talking about the evolution of language, and we've talked about you know the the the, the colloquialisms we keep, and and now there are certain perhaps colloquialisms that are just part of how you uh what you do on stage they're part of your personality but they're they're the part of your personality that maybe you amplify on stage or that you you know however you're comfortable on stage how would you say over time do do how do colloquialisms play into just how you relate to the audience and 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 over time and you know what what do you what are your in doing what you do, how does that impact you? It's an interesting question. I'm not sure if what I'm about to say really answers that, but it, it does build on what Kelly just said. The same way that we keep up on innovation and technology, we also have to keep up on language. You know, because language grows and change and changes and evolves, if I was still saying groovy... Well, first of all, I'm not from the groovy generation, groovy. But, but you groovy, know what I mean. Groovy, but it, if I was still walking around going, oh, my God, get me with a spoon, you know, people would be like, what is she talking about? I could be your shtick. It could be. It could. But then that's a that's a specific choice. I, so, you know, in terms of how it affects me, I'm keeping up on the language. My, my finger is in. Uh, less so because like what Sean was saying about the, you know, the housewives of wherever, I've never seen one show, not one half of an episode, nothing. So in a way I'm locked out of, or I've cut myself off from knowing what they're offering in terms of culture. Anything that I get is accidental. You know, the fact that I happen to know that, um, I believe it's Nene. I don't even know who that is. Nene. Okay, thank you. I don't even... See how powerful it is? You don't even have to watch the show, but they but they are but part of the culture. Yes, yeah, ex exactly. It's part of the culture. Um, is she the one that, that that says, I said what I said? Yep. Okay, well, there we go. Um, so I may not know, like, everything they've done, but it has seeped in. And being aware of that even casually uh, helps me, you know, in interactions and on stage. But the I, I love the idea that language grows and changes because we get locked into what we've learned and we don't want, we want, we don't want to let that go. We don't want to let that evolve. I remember every now and then the argument will pop up on social media that people get mad when someone uses the word irregardless. It's not a word. And I'm like, eh, actually, it is a word. It's in the dictionary. It's been in the dictionary since the twenties. <laughs> You're mad because it you don't it it's it's not a formal usage of the word, you know. So here's 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 a secret: all the words are made up, all of them, every single one of them, made up. <laughs> uh, Doctor Wright is snapping. Yes, in, I see in, that. I see in, that. In coercion so, with you. You know, if you want to put your anger and your outrage somewhere i don't know i have words for you poverty war injustice i'm more upset about those words than you know irregardless 
And that, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay. okay. <laughs> Again, a, another phrase, TED right. Talk. What was a TED Talk 30 years ago? No one would know what you're saying. They think you're talking about some guy named Ted. Well, that, that kind of brings us actually to, to the, the close of the show. And, the, and the, that's where I want to talk a little bit about, about words that, that get retired or phrases that get retired or do they continue? Okay, you no longer hang up on somebody. Oh, you sure don't. No, but we still say that. We still CC we people. Stay, well, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> What's saying. What's a CC? CC, you know, nobody even knows what carbon copy is. Okay? Not anymore. Not anymore. But, yes, we do still, still CC people, and we call it that, even though we're in digital age. Did, Pencil in the digital me in. Age. Yes. So I, I want to I, I ask Kelly, but I also want to ask you, Sean, in, in, the, in the time you've been doing what you've been doing, what would you say are, are you know, you, you talked about how where something becomes, um, you know, so much part of the media, like you don't want to, it to be part of your culture anymore or your, your language anymore. What, what things do you see just in terms of, uh, let's, let's just call, we'll call it writing, uh, in terms of colloquialisms that, that at, at what rate do you see stuff starting to work its way into scripts versus when it's actually part of, you know, normal, you know, language. How, how how long does it seem to take to you? And is it happening quicker than it used to? It's happening quicker. And the mm -hmm. only reason why is because there are people of color in the writing rooms. Because by the time, like say, and this is crazy because it's moving really fast. It's moving faster than I've ever seen. I mean, like, I watch Atlanta, right? Atlanta is one of the best written shows on television. I could watch episodes over and over. And just watching this season, they have referred to... Now, uh, if you're on Instagram, there's a, 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 a page called The Shade Room. The Shade Room is... It's the shadiest post. And it's kind of like a... a like TMZ wishes they had this type of clout, Right. But it is where people leave the shadiest comments and they'll post something where someone's referring to someone's doing something shady, like someone like if they interviewed, you know, even Biden, Biden's on there often because he says a lot of shady stuff. So but now that referring to the shade room in the comment section, like literally just what I just said, one of the characters said, oh, yeah, basically, you know, he was in the comments on the shade room on Atlanta that had to have been written eight months ago and it was on episode two weeks ago and it's been in the can for close to six months so that's what I'm saying it depends on who's in the writing room the writing room moves a lot for a lot of people but now you've got to incorporate the culture the real culture and a lot of these the, whoever's in the writing room is, is is contributing to that and it's moving faster now because there are more people of color in the writing room whether they're gay straight transgender black hispanic they are writing and these terms are a part of their their every day they go to instagram and they see the comments and the shade room is re is referenced in t in songs now it's referenced in tv shows it's referenced everywhere 
Well, there it is. Now, so that was my last question then to you, Kelly, because we have about five minutes or so before the show has to go. But I, I do want to say that I've thoroughly enjoyed this this conversation and, and, and doing the show. with. I hope you all have enjoyed it as much as I have. And, uh, but uh, just if people want to follow you all, let's give out all the social media first before I get to my last question. Uh, Ms. Lord. Folks can find me. My website is veryfunnylady.com because you can't spell my name unless you birthed me and loved me. Uh, so that might take time. So veryfunnylady.com is the easiest and direct way to get to all things me. I uh, winter on Twitter. I summer on Instagram. And um, I've got good content. Watch my videos on YouTube. TikTok. God, I hate TikTok. I can't. I cannot wait until we get to the point where somebody goes TikTok. That's for old people. That'll just make my heart sing. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's very coming fast. Very fast for the thirty something by Friday. Right. All right. And um, uh, Sean, we, you've given out your social media. How about you? Uh, do you, Do you want people to contact you or follow you in any way, uh, Doctor Wright? Uh, yes, absolutely. I am um, on Instagram as Betty Machete. It's E-T-T-E because I used to care about being a lady. And um, I am at Raciolinguistic it, on Twitter, L-I-N-G-U-I-S-T-I-C. Um, both of my, my, my YouTube and, and website are linked in both of those places. Um, I will say as far as, um, old words that are becoming new or not staying, um, I recently saw something on Instagram that made me giggles and it was, um, Lamau, which is now Lamau, L-M-A-O. Lamau. Laughing. What is my, it? Oh, L-A-M-O. That side okay, off. Okay, okay. Right? Used to be, are we allowed to curse here? It's the middle of the night. No, 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 no. no. But I, I, I you can't say so. ass. You can't say ass. There are seven words you can't say, but you can That's say fine. ass. Okay. Um, L-M-A-O. Survive, but Rolf did not. Rolling on the floor laughing, laughing my. Yes, yes. A it didn't off. survive? Oh my God. Lamau, which you can now say aloud. That's hilarious. So lol and lamau, which are now things that you can say aloud, which L-O-L and L-M-A-O. L-M-A-O is a band, right? Those things survived. Rolf did not, right? So like, I have survived the birth of the new internet. Lamau has survived the birth of the new internet, but Rolf did not. Right. Um, it's just something maybe we should discuss. Wow. Um, there, there that it is. was the tweet or the post or the whatever. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true for everyone. I don't know if that's real in everyone's idiolect, but it's true enough that 20,000 odd people liked that post. So, Oh, well, you know, 20,000 yeah. American white American teens like that. <laughs> okay. Well, there it is. So you, you definitely, you've, you've already answered the question or at least you've talked about the topic. Cause I was, I was just wondering what, what you think, you know, constitutes something just, just not surviving or is it just, you never can tell. Can, like, do you have any predictive abilities now? Can you, do like, I have predictive abilities? Do you have predictive abilities um, you know, about language? Fall on 
me, they call on me to have predictive abilities. I, I, um, in, in, in the publication I write for among the new words, um, I try to say what will stay what will stick. among the new words. Um, and, uh, I try to use big data to help me do that. Uh, and it doesn't work very well all the time. Um, and, and, and so, I'd say uh, yeah. I'd say you should just call Sean. She'll tell you. I would. Love I Betty. I love when you <laughs> talk to me when I when I'm not sure. Sean will tell you what they're talking about. I'll be like, here's the numbers. Here's what the people on Reddit said. But what do you think? And I will write that. I will be like, my consultant says this. Exactly. I will put it in print. There it is. Betty, right? I love conversating with you because you always, you know, you make us think about things that we haven't thought about. But no, I, I, I this this conversation's been very mind blowing. Well, I, I do want to thank uh, Leanne Lord for being here in the studio and, and joining him. My pleasure. And I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Kelly Wright, raciolinguist. They're mad at her, but we love her. And Sean, S millions. S millions, yes. S -millions. And in your TED talk, you'll tell people what to talk about and how to say it. This is great. All right. So I, I am going to allow us to go now, but uh, I have enjoyed the show. And until next time, this has been Night Shift. We're on on Mondays from 10 p.m. till midnight. And until next week, life will continue to be like science fiction.